Um, for those of you who may have some interest uh, in uh, further GG courses, there is one that's coming up. Uh, it'll take place on the 29th, which is a week from this coming Saturday. The title of the course is An Antidote to Chaos. Um, it, it's it's, it, it's going to cover a lot of ground in, in two quick hours. You don't have to sign up. Uh, you just have to show up. Uh, but we won't be meeting right here in this place, this space, as we have in the past. Uh, we felt like that some of the topics discussed in this GG are, are somewhat of uh, interest. So we'll be meeting in the back, uh, in the high school room called Mike's Place. So you can park in the back, and um, Jonathan Todd promised that he would uh, uh, fix this coffee for um, the 29th. Starts at 10 a.m., sharp, out before noon. Uh, that's my commitment to you, I promise. Tonight we get to this place in the, um, in the Apostles' Creed that says this, I believe in the Lord God, I mean, I believe that, I mean, God the Father Almighty. We're, we're going to take a look at this term, Almighty, okay? I believe in God the Father Almighty, okay? And the, I, I'm not sure of the history of it all, but uh, the Apostles' Creed includes that in, in, its, in its, the body of information because uh, the scriptures teach that, teach that very thing. The scriptures call him that. The scriptures call him almighty. It has to do with an emphasis on his power. And he is called that several times, uh, primarily in the usage of the term or the name El Shaddai. I mean, you got to be my age to remember this, but uh, Amy Grant sang a song years ago. I remember my girls were in the back of the van singing, El Shaddai, El Shaddai, you know. Um, but it's a term, it's a combination of two terms. The El, you'll see it in Elohim and el Roi. the El has to do with uh, the, <clears throat> the deity part. <clears throat> and the Shaddai is, a, is an attribute um, that he is invincible, that he is all-powerful. Now, uh, does the Bible mean... When it calls him almighty, does it mean that he is almighty? Pretty important. And I hope you'll see just how important a little bit later. The term El Shaddai is found some 48 times in the scriptures. The first time that it is found, it's found in Genesis 17, and we're going to look at that in a minute. But in terms of proving the uh, almightiness of God, there are passages like um, Psalm 139. Um, if, you've got a, if you can find it real fast, if you've never been exposed to Psalm 139, I, I would be doing you a favor by exposing you. Uh, because in Psalm 139, you get two things that are, that are discussed. In verses 1 through 6, you get his omniscience. And in, in verses oh, 7 and through 12, you get his omnipresence talked about that is these omnis omnipresent omni uh, uh, omniscience or omniscience those omnis are the thing that um, uh, help explain his being all powerful look at just a little bit of psalm 139 with me Um, look at verse 4 even before a word is on my tongue Behold, O Lord, you know it all together. 
You believe that? Uh, look at, look at um, uh, verse 2. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. Uh, not only do you know my words before they arrive at my tongue, you know my thoughts as well. And, and here's one that I love. It's over in verse um, 16. Your eyes saw my unformed substance in your book. They were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me when as yet there was none of them. Do you see what's being claimed there? In your book were written every one of them. Every one of what? The days. Uh, every one of the days were written that were formed for me when as yet there were none of them. I mean, he's talking about, I saw you in the womb. And so before every, any of the days become days, God is, um, is uh, aware of those days. Now, but guys, what I've just read you um, establishes omniscience and omnipresence as recorded here in Psalm 139. But that's not exactly all-powerful. When the, when the scriptures want to discuss with you his, his all-consuming power, what does it do? Well, it gives you examples. For instance, Exodus 7 through 14. You know what happened? Those 10 plagues uh, when Moses and Pharaoh were battling it out. If you want to see power on display, then, then, then take a trip to the Red Sea and see it parted. That's where you get a glimpse of his almighty. But ladies and gentlemen, if he is not almighty, then he is not even some mighty. But though we say we believe that, I, I'm going to show you before we quit, I'm not really sure any of us do. Um, God, folks, uh, he's not the storm God or the fertility God or the war God. He is the all mighty God. Um, now, when it comes to this almightiness, the, the unbelieving world likes to think that they have thrown us for a loop by posing this riddle. Um, can God build a rock so big that he is unable to move it? You ever heard that? I mean, it's been around for a long time. Uh-huh, you talk about your almighty God. Well, let me ask you this. <laughs> uh, can God uh, build a rock uh, so big that he is unable to move it? And they think they've got us caught in a dilemma. They do not. Um, folks, the Bible speaks of several things that God cannot do. Uh, he cannot lie. Uh, he cannot deny himself. He cannot die. Those limitations are not imposed on God by creation, but by an intrinsic, internal limitation true to his own being. The answer to that question is no. And, and uh, um, that limitation does not change anything about um, his almightiness. Guys, the El Shaddai of the scriptures is the one who overpowers. Um, and by the way, that name is used in um, the book of Job 31 times. It's interesting that it uh, appears so often in the book of Job. Now, that said, um, 
hopefully to establish in your mind at least what the scriptures mean by almightiness. There's, there's several ways that you can respond to that. Um, it should be that to know God as almighty should be of enormous comfort for us. Now let me, let me try to explain that. And here's where I think we see just how inconsistent we are. Gang, I said to you that the, the name El Shaddai appears first in Genesis 17. Go there to Genesis 17, and let me, let me end up our night by this section of Scripture. <clears throat> Genesis 17, 1. Um, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. There it is. There's the term El Shaddai in Genesis 17.1. What I want to suggest to you is that Genesis 15, 16, 17, and 18 are in essence a commentary on that name. Uh, these four chapters are helping you grasp and get and enjoy El Shaddai, the God of all power. Now, let me, let me try to tease that out a bit. Go to chapter 15. I'm saying 15, 16, 17, and 18 is a commentary on the name of El Shaddai. Um, we're in Genesis 15. Uh, if you read verses 1 through 6, um, uh, God says, I'm your shield, a very great reward, and... Um, and Abraham pushes back in verse 2. O Lord God, what will you give me? For I am childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram, Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring. Okay, gang. Uh, uh, the issue in, um, in Genesis 15, 16, 17, and 18 is Abraham's heir. Abraham's offspring. Um, he doesn't have any. Um, and the closest he has is a servant whose name is Eliezer. Um, God has told him, hey, come outside. That's in the uh, verses 4 and 5. Come outside. It's nighttime, and he says, look up in the sky. You see all those stars? Well, you're going to have, you're going to have descendants as numerous as those stars. And Abraham says, What? Wait a minute. <clears throat> How's that going to be? I mean, I don't have an offspring. I don't have any heirs. I hear what you're saying, God, in terms of how many descendants I'm going to have. And, um, but I don't, have a, I don't have any. And I'm 99. And my wife is way beyond baby-making years. Uh, how can this be? In the middle of this discussion, where the issue is Abraham's descendants planted right in the middle of it, Genesis 17, 1, is the name El Shaddai. 
Okay, Abraham, uh, you know, you're gonna, we're gonna ble- you're gonna be the blessing to all the nations of the earth. Well, how am I gonna do that? I mean, I ain't even got a boy. I ain't even got a son. I mean, what, what are you talking about? Um, so God shows him all this, and look what it says um, in verse 6. And he believed the Lord, and he counted him as righteousness. Okay. <laughs> Gang, if you've ever worried about the faith that you have being flawed, then you need to listen. It is said here that Abraham believed, and it was reckoned to him for righteousness. But what do you see happening in chapter 16? Wait a minute now. God says, I'm going to give you an heir. And um, uh, I'm gonna, you're going to have all these descendants. Wait a minute. How? I don't have a son. And uh, go out and see the stars. See the stars? You're going to have all those, and you're going to have a whole lot more. How? But it says here that Abraham believes. But what takes place in the next chapter? A grand and glorious demonstration of unbelief. What does he do in 16? Well, honey, you know, you're supposed to be having a baby around here, and you ain't, uh, you ain't, uh, yeah, I don't see you being pregnant. And it seems to me uh, that womb of yours is uh, dead in a doorbell. <laughs> you know, what's going to, how are we going to do this? Oh, says Sarah, I've got this um, servant girl. Her name's Hagar. Um, why don't you take her? So he does. She's impregnated and gives birth to Ishmael, and we've been suffering over Ishmael for the rest of history. Why? I'll tell you why. Because Abraham's faith was flawed, just like mine is. Um, wait a minute, Abraham. It, this is coming in 17. I am Yahweh. I am El Shaddai. I have all power. Well, no, wait just a second. Um, uh, oh, 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 look at 17. This is just, this is wonderful. At 17.1. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. Okay, Abraham, I want you to walk before me and be blameless. Who's me? Well, it'd be El Shaddai, the God of all power. So, ladies and gentlemen, walking before him and being blameless is supposed to be the outcome of a commitment that we have to the almightiness of God. Stay with me. If you somehow don't believe that, Where's it going to show up? In the way that I walk and in the imperfections of my life. And not only that, I know you may be a promise God. Oh, yeah. And I know that, yeah, I I believe that you're almighty. 
but I better go impregnate Hagar just in case. Do you see what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen? It says in 15.6 that Abraham believed. Well, he kind of, sort of did. Just like you do, and I do. The idea of walking blameless is never going to happen, ladies and gentlemen, until we get comfortable with El Shaddai. So we come to 17, we get the name El Shaddai, and then you go to 18. Remember what I said? I said that 15, 16, 17, and 18 is somewhat of a commentary on the name El Shaddai and God Almighty. The big issue is descendants and I got none. So, I know what God said, but I really don't see how he's going to pull that off. And so, I better take this matter into my own hands and come up with my own devices and I'll just take Hagar. And what a disaster that has caused. When he came up with his own devices to solve this life problem. Guys, um, if we're ever going to walk before this God blamelessly, we're going to have to get real comfortable with this El Shaddai business. If we think little of him, oh, well, uh, um, I know it says almighty, but what it really means is that he's somebody. Because basically, basically, ladies and gentlemen, that's what we really believe. Not that he's almighty, but that he's somebody. Oh, he's mighty, all right. <laughs> yeah, boy. But I'll tell you who's mightier than he is. Man. Man is the strongest agent in all of the universe because he can thwart the plans of God by the exercise of his own free will. What kind of mighty God is that, ladies and gentlemen? Tell me. So when you've got these low view of, views of God, do you know what they end up being fleshed out as? Low living We have such carnalities among us and in us derived from El Shaddai. Oh, that's a great song. Love that song. But I just don't believe it. I stand up with the Apostles' Creed and I say I believe it. An Amy Grant song I sure enjoyed and I, you know, I, I know what that term means. I mean, it says it... Uh, the, 48 times, 48 times, 40, 48 times in the scriptures. It says it 48 times. Well, if it says 48 times, I sure believe it. Oh, no, you don't. Neither did Abraham. And the evidence that he didn't is that he took Hagar. Do you see that, guys? I got a big problem. My big problem is I got no descendants, and he's promised me all these stars. I'm going to have to take this matter into my own hands. 
You see, Abraham just could not see how Sarah could possibly have a baby. And neither could Sarah. So she recommends Hagar. And he takes her up on it. And the world's been suffering ever since. And here, ladies and gentlemen, is the point of the whole four chapters. It has to do with El Shaddai. You know, these three men show up in 18.1. I'm not saying that's the Trinity, but it's certainly consistent with the Trinity. In 18.1, Abraham says, come on over to my house and let me cook you something nice. They come. Then they, uh, then they say to Abraham, you know, Abraham, uh, this time next year, you're going to have a baby. And, uh, you know, uh, Sarah's inside the tent cooking up a casserole. And uh, she overhears it. What does she do? Laughs. <laughs> Look at it, guys. Uh, verse 13. The Lord said to Abram, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I'm old? Here it is. Verse 14. Is anything too hard? For Yahweh. Is anything too hard for El Shaddai? What does that mean again? I, I, I forgot. Almighty. Not some mighty, but all mighty. You see, if Abraham believed in El Shaddai, he would have never taken Hagar. But he didn't believe it. And so he had to come up with his own devices to solve his own problems. Because you see, to wait on El Shaddai to exercise his power is going to mean that I'm going to have to trust him as the El Shaddai of my life, not take matters into my own hands. Guys, what I am saying to you is all true faith hangs on El Shaddai. The amount of faith you have is a derivative of the views that you have of God. Can God save my marriage? Nah. <laughs> no, not this one. And, and please don't misunderstand me. There are occasions, ladies and gentlemen, where divorce is really the only solution you got. But there's a lot of us that have been given up way too quickly. Can God, no, 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 he can't do that, so I'm going to have to take this matter into my own hands. And, you know, since my marriage is so bad, I better get me a girlfriend. Can God change him? El Shaddai can, but not my God. Because, you see, he's not almighty. He's some mighty. And there's some things that are just beyond him. Um... 
can God help me overcome my addiction? Well, <laughs> El Shaddai can. But not the God that, that is, the, is at the functional center of my being. Now that God is just somebody. And a, and a somebody God can't, overdo, can't overcome an addiction like that. Is anything too difficult for, for God? Oh, of course there is! He can't save my marriage. He can't help me with my addiction. Uh-uh, uh-uh, no! Because that's the God that we've got, ladies and gentlemen. Don't call him El Shaddai. Because we don't believe that. Can, um, you know... Dr. Young, I am scared to death of dying. Can God overcome the grave? Well, he told me he can, and we say it every Easter that Jesus did, but I am still bound up in volumes of fear. overcome death that's big you know that would even take a god who is almighty what about this must i lie to save my business yep it's my only way out You know what you believe in? Not El Shaddai. You believe in not God Almighty. You believe in God Somebody. And your problems in your business are so big that he will. He, he just can't pull that off. He can't make a dead wound live, can he? did i mean there's a sea right in front of me and an army right behind me my problems are so big he can't part a sea now can he he did you see guys here's where i, I told you this should be your comfort not my words, but the El Shaddai should be. I think so much of our worry. Well, I'm just a little worry wart. <laughs> and we write that off as if it's okay. It is not okay, ladies and gentlemen. It is an assault upon El Shaddai. So much of our worry and so much of our fear is because we really don't believe that claim that he makes. That he articulates to Abraham, and Abraham didn't believe it either. And the evidence is, he took Hagar. And I'm telling you, the evidence that we don't believe it either is that we come up with our own devices. We take matters into our own hands, don't we? 
I mean, this situation is just um, just too big for that God. (laughs) And so we waste so many spiritual and emotional energies because of our unbelief in El Shaddai. Let Genesis 71 walk before me and be be perfect. (laughs) Heavens, no. We don't believe that. Well, it would be a whole lot more attainable. If at the base of our souls... was El Shaddai. I'll say it again. All true faith hangs on that. Is anything too difficult for God? That's the point of those four chapters, ladies and gentlemen. It's a commentary on the name El Shaddai that is translated and picked up and placed into the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty. But because we really have such flaw in our understanding of that God, What we do is that we look for Hagar solutions to very naughty problems. And we've been suffering ever since. We scheme, we lie, we worry, we fear, we sin. Because at the base of ourselves we have a God that's somebody and not almighty. So, the comfort for the people of God is that the God who has drawn nigh to you in Christ Jesus is a God who is almighty. Not somebody. Our Father, I do pray that you'll forgive us. We are um, we are as unbelieving as we are unbelieving believers. Just like Abraham. He believed and then went out and got him a girlfriend. Because his faith failed him. And the ramifications have been absolutely horrible ever since. Some of us here tonight are still living with the ramifications of failing to believe you. And so we took matters into our own hands. We came up with our own ungodly solutions. And now we have this, this mess on our hands. 
brought on because we were unwilling to take you at your word. So forgive us. But tonight, oh God, as your people put their heads on their pillows, would you allow them to enjoy the sweet serenity, the sweet soporific of knowing that our Father in heaven is a God of all might. Lord, um, ongoingly, would you enlarge our hearts so that we can have more of you and do more of this walking that would please you and honor you. We, um, we long to represent you well, knowing that our, um, our flaws are the things that show up in our, in our carnal living. So help us. Give us fresh supplies of grace. Do that, O oh God, for Jesus' sake. We pray in his name. Amen. Thank you and good night.